It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Hey, yes, welcome to the Americhicks. I'm Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues. The news, politics, and opinion is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Be sure and check out our website, americhicks.com, and sign up for our emails. We'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guests topics and important events and we are the americhicks on facebook and twitter as well offering a conservatarian perspective we've got quite a show planned today in studio as our guest co-host guest chick and that is karen levine welcome good morning how you doing i'm well great got in on the blizzard that's uh, yeah it's a little snowy out there (laughs) it's colorado it's colorado And this afternoon, you could probably wear your shorts, you That's know, right. who knows? So. <laughs> and also in studio is David Barber. David, you are with Remax as well. Remax Unlimited, yes. Okay, yeah. great to have you here. And in the third and fourth segments, we're going to be talking about this hot Denver real estate market. And David, you really came up with a, a plan to help first-time home buyers, And so we want to chat with you about that. Well, it, it was a group effort, to be sure. There was about six of us that worked on the project. Okay, great. Well, we're excited about that. And then Elizabeth Peets with the Colorado Association of Realtors will be in as well. So looking forward to that. Uh, let's let's go ahead and jump in here, though. A um, couple of things. Tonight is our first Vino and Veritas. Uh, I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Cranwitter and his team at Speakeasy Ideas to bring you Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. Karen, you're going to be here tonight. Yep. Barry and I will be there. We're looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. So Dr. Cranwitter is creating a fascinating lecture series on the Federalist Papers. And we'll meet the fourth Monday of each month throughout 2019. Uh, Tonight's event is sold out, uh, which we're excited about. That's the good news. The bad news is that we're sold out as well. Uh, but you can go ahead and sign up for February. Actually, you, uh, what I would recommend is to go ahead and uh, sign up for February and buy the complete year subscription so that you are assured of a spot because I think we're actually going to probably sell out, particularly after tonight. I think there's a group that's kind of dipping their toe in the water to see mm-hmm. if they really like it. And there's only going to be a few spots left, so I would recommend to go ahead and and sign up for that. Uh, Our sponsor, you can go to uh, my website, americhicks.com, and there's a link for Vino and Veritas. And thank you to Harmony Harmony Ridge Construction. They are our presenting sponsors tonight, and uh, very thankful for them. So that's going to be awesome. Another thing, we just started last week, Jason McBride had been in studio with us. He is our partner with Presidential Wealth Management. And he had uh, run into some people over at the Alta Convenience Store that were just really, really cheerful. Spencer, he was doing a great job at the end of the night shift. And so if you run across somebody or have a great experience with somebody, let me know. Email me at kim at com because, uh, Karen, I think we need to talk a little bit more about this kind of interaction between humans. Uh, yes. That would be a great idea, especially the positive stuff and the hardworking um, people out there that serve us day in and day out. That's for sure. So um, let's see. Oh, 
Steve had given me this uh, quote from Rob Schneider, comedian, regarding Saturday Night Live. And I think that we realize there's just an edge to so much out there. And uh, Rob Schneider apparently said, much late night comedy is less about being funny and more about indoctrination by comedic impositions. People aren't really laughing at it as much as cheering on the rhetoric. It's no longer resembles a comedy show. It's more like some kind of a liberal clan meeting. Uh, Steve, I, I think that I think this really kind of puts the puts words to the edginess that's happened to late night TV. Comedic imposition was work that I guess that really hooked me because people tune in. You know, this used to be funny, or, or Saturday Night Live has a history of being funny back mm-hmm. in the 70s when it first kicked off. And I, you know, I think people who are my age, which you know, I'm going to date myself or over 60, they, if they're still tuning in, it's like, well, maybe it'll be funny this week. Mm-hmm. And it's not. But that comedic imposition is like, oh, it's a hook. Maybe, maybe I'll find something that really entertains me here. And there's, it's nothing but. I mean, let me think. It's nothing... It's, mm-hmm. it's not even close. You know, it, it almost seems to me like the eighth grade clicks now where uh, people make fun of other people and people kind of laugh and join in on it because they don't want to be laughed at. And uh, I think that we need to, to get back to civility, talk about people that are doing great jobs and really recognize people out there that are doing the hard work. So let's jump into something a little funny before we talk about the, the issues of the day. So this is the teacher. Okay, Karen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this joke. Okay. okay, I'm ready. Okay, if I gave you two cats and another two cats and another two cats, how many would you have? And Johnny answers, seven. The teacher said, no, listen carefully. If I gave you two cats and another two cats and another two, how many would you have? And Johnny says, seven. Teacher said, let me put it to you differently. If I gave you two apples and another two apples and another two, how many would you have? And Johnny says, six. Good, the teacher says. Now, if I gave you two cats and another two cats and another two, how many would you have? And Johnny says, seven. The teacher says, Johnny, where in the heck did you get seven from? He says, I already have a cat at home. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Okay, let's jump into the news. On Friday, President Trump ended the shutdown. And uh, there are many people say that say he capitulated. Uh, it's been just really interesting, all of the news this weekend. Uh, I think that he, I, I really think President Trump has a heart for American people. I think that he was very concerned about how this was affecting the federal employees as well as people that depended on them for jobs. And so I think he's, he said, okay, we're going we're gonna to open the government back up. We're going to give it three weeks and I don't think he's going to capitulate on this border fence. Um, but certainly the, the pundits out there think that he is. Steve, uh, producer, you have a comment? Capitulate? No. Set the stage for the last hurrah from the other side? Possibly. Because we read it before a couple of weeks ago. It said, you know, the reference was to Trump and how he you know, deals with his adversaries. It says he destroys nobody. He puts them on center stage, he hands them a microphone, and he lets them destroy themselves. So after this three weeks or February, whatever the magic date is in February, if they're still not going to negotiate, man, they're toast. Okay, well, we'll see. Um, I wanted to jump in here with three new reasons why the border wall is important. 
First of all, since October, 100 gang members have been caught. Secondly, 58,000 non-citizens may have illegally voted in Texas. That was from, I think, the Austin paper. Third, they just um, caught a migrant with flesh-eating bacteria. Uh, I think it was in New Mexico. And, you know, Steve, this was one of the reasons why at Ellis Island, you know, we made sure that, that people were healthy, that were coming in. We made sure that people were coming here because they wanted to be Americans. And um, so I think that these are three big reasons that still make the case for uh, border security and for the border wall. I keep seeing references, you know, that they'll try to make their case again, the the leftist side of the country will make their case and say, this is not who we are, referencing the wall. Look back to Ellis Island and, and the hundreds of thousands or millions of people who came. But I don't think they have a clear idea of everything that went on at Ellis Island. There was a quarantine area. Mm-hmm. And, and if you were discovered to be in, you know, meeting certain criteria, you were ushered over to that quarantine area, waiting for the next boat back. So... The, you know, the, the health issue or piece of the uh, the whole border wall debate is something that doesn't get a whole lot of attention, and it really should. Well, it should. And going back to the, the second point that I brought up, the 58,000 non-citizens may have illegally voted in Texas. And then we had Judicial Watch on a week or so ago where there were 1.2 million um, um, well, they're cleaning up the voters' rolls in L.A., and there were more people registered to vote than the census showed that actually lived in L.A. And so this all goes to what happened in Colorado just last week where legislation was moved forward for the national popular vote. And, um, Karen, I'm really concerned about making sure that our uh, maintaining the the integrity of our le- elections that we are sure that people are voting that actually are citizens and actually are living <laughs> yeah well that would be important and i know with the border border wall discussion there's a couple of things that i've noted over our conversations one is um we don't look at the border wall like we look at tsa and yet they're very similar We are very careful about who gets on and off of airplanes and gets in and out of airports, and we don't give that same attention to our borders. So I think that's super important. And then um, I have a dear friend. Her son is a Marine um, at, I believe it's Camp Lejeune there in North Carolina, the largest Marine base in the world. And she said, I had to go through significant security checks to get on base when she was there visiting last week. And she said, it gave me such an appreciation of why this border wall is critical to our nation. Well, most definitely. David, do you have any uh, comments that you want to... Well, I think you see a similar trying to access the uh, Buckley Air Base and Mm -hmm. this level of security and certainly an even heightened level of security when you try and enter the uh, AFTC, the data center. So it really, I mean, it really makes sense. And good fences make good neighbors. And, And the quote that, and I think Trump even used this, that we don't... We don't want border security. We don't lock our doors because we hate the people on the outside. We lock our doors because we love the people on the inside. And then uh, I think it was either Steve or Jason sent me a, a little comment. It said, if, if, uh, if people, if the caravans so, like the uh, um, socialism so much, then why aren't they marching to Venezuela instead of trying to get into the United States? 
that pretty well says it all. Point taken. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Now the Super Bowls this weekend. We're changing gears just a little oh, bit. Oh my! The Super Bowl. Do you do you have a team, uh, David? Uh, well, not at this point. <laughs> okay. How about you, Karen? Well, I, I'm just choosing to take the afternoon to enjoy football. Okay. And you know, yell at the team I don't like that particular moment. Okay, so the play, yeah. Well, hopefully it's going to be a big game. We hope so, and a good game. So it's the LA Rams. They're facing the Patriots uh, again. again in the Super Bowl. And the question is, where will you watch the big game? Well, Hooters, of course. Hooters is your game day headquarters. You can watch the big game there with special starting at ten dollars for a draft and ten bonus wings. And if you come to into any Hooters during the big game, you can enter to win a brand new fifty-five inch HDR TV. Now, Karen, I know you know this. You know that Hooters wings can fly because I have them at our 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 uh, wine Hooters and tapas. Hooters wings yeah. are out of this world. They're pretty darn They're good. They're pretty darn good. And uh, I am getting uh, the uh, smoked wings because they're half the calories. After hors d'oeuvre, <laughs> oh, is that why we get them? Yeah, after hors d'oeuvre season, I think that that's a really good idea. <laughs> so those smoked wings, they smoke them overnight. They're delish. And so order your Hooters to go, or have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And uh, this is the Americhicks with Kim Munson. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk some more about some of these headlines, particularly uh, Roger Stone's arrest last Friday morning. We'll be right back. All Americhicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the Americhicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Ah, that's a great song for Monday. Hey, this is Kim with the AmeriChicks, and glad to have in studio with us Karen Levine, our guest co-host chick. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Kim? Good. And David Barber, it's great to have you here as well. Great to be here. Uh, you both are Remax or Realtors, uh, real estate professionals, I will say, with Remax, and we'll be talking about this hot Denver market uh, in the third and fourth segment, and some solutions that are out there. And then Liz Peets will be joining us as well with the Colorado Association of Realtors. Uh, but this particular segment, let's talk some more about some of the latest news. Um, I was very troubled 
by what happened with Roger Stone on Friday morning. It was basically a paramilitary arrest of uh, of someone that uh, has worked with Trump, uh, and um, he's been under investigation by the Mueller investigation. And uh, he was not a flight risk. I don't think he has a, a passport. Um, he's, you know, he's not um, dangerous by any stretch of the imagination. But at 6 a.m. his time, uh, I think it was like over 25 FBI agents basically stormed onto his property, knocked on his door and arrested him, put him in handcuffs and shackles and arrested him. And I I was concerned. I'm not going to say whether or not he's guilty or not guilty, whether or not he's a good guy or a bad guy. I don't really know that for sure. We'll certainly find out. But, Karen, I find it really scary that this would happen to a citizen. And by midday, he had already had a surety bond. He didn't even have to put up the money, just a surety bond uh, to, to be released. And he was on television that night. But the other interesting thing was, is CNN uh, was there with their cameras to document the whole thing, which then that was pushed out to the CNN network. And I had a friend that texted me, and she was just beside herself about what a criminal and how awful he was. And I'm like, wait a minute. I think we need to be a little cautious about what has happened to this guy. He, he I mean, I, I think it's pretty scary that the government would arrive at dawn and arrest this guy. Well, I'm concerned about those type of tactics for somebody who I think was more of a business type crime, right? Right. And like you said, not a flight risk. And yet we're fighting over a border wall of people who are literally bad people. You know, they're not good people. Um, a lot of them that mm-hmm. are coming over. So um, I think that, you know, the message that we're trying to send or that the media or CNN was trying to send um is not a healthy message, certainly disrespectful to a citizen, whether he is guilty or not. Um, I think that was a little overkill. Well, I think it was as well. And I just wanted to let you know what what the indictment says. It doesn't have anything to do with Trump, which is really interesting. Uh, they indicted him on seven counts. The first one alleged that he obstructed the House Committee's investigation by denying he had emails and other documents about the WikiLeaks-related contacts. His, uh, let's see, counts two, three, four, five, and six alleged that he had lied regarding number two was um, regarding specific statements to the House committee. Number three lied when he said that another guy, Credico, was his only go-between to Assange when, in fact, he, uh, he apparently maybe had some other contacts. Count four alleges that Stone lied when he said he did not ask Credico to communicate anything to Assange. Count five alleges that Stone lied when he told the House that he and Credico did not communicate via text message. Count six alleges that he lied when he testified that he had never discussed his conversations with Credico. So first of all, this is not proven, but this is what they are are indicting him on. And then count seven uh, is witness tampering, alleging that Stone tried to convince Credico to take the fifth or to lie to the House committee. So there's nothing in there regarding Trump and collusion. So I think it's important that people understand that. Uh, And I, I think that many of the headlines are implying that this does have something to do with Russia collusion, which after all these two years, there's really nothing that has come out for sure on that. But it's just the tactics that I was so concerned about because clearly 
as you mentioned, this was this was not a uh, a violent crime. If in fact he's convicted of it, and um, the I guess his wife is also deaf, and she was upstairs with their dogs and their cat, and he was he was working very hard to make sure that the agents knew that she was deaf because if she didn't respond. Uh, that's where bad things can happen. Right. And so uh, I, I just think that it was, was really an overreach. And uh, we as citizens just need to be so cautious about that. And uh, so that was the number one thing. Another thing is regarding the Covington uh, kids. You know, these were the kids that were, were at the March for Life last week. And uh, it went viral. Uh, a Native American was pictured beating a drum in front of one of the students. Now, this is just a kid. Now, maybe he had a goofy look on his face. But, uh, David, I don't know if you remember when you were like a 15 or 16-year-old boy. But if you were in an uncomfortable situation and were standing, just standing there, I'm not sure that you would have maybe the perfect look on your face. I don't know. What do you think? Well, it was a long time ago, Kim, but uh, <laughs> I, I think you're probably right. That it, it looked like the young man was just smiling and, and was being confronted. He w- didn't appear to be confrontational at all. Well, and, and uh, so my friend, who was so concerned about Stone, also sent this, this text message. So this was a real lesson to me because I could feel that, you know, I, I think in this I'm in this box all the time, so I think everybody is is paying attention like I am. And, you know, they're not. And it's because people are busy, and sometimes people are not looking for other news sources. So my, and this was kind of a long text, and uh, my, she, um, we talked about Stone, and then regarding the Covington kids, she said, those kids were defiant, disrespectful, and threatening those Native American elders. They felt threatened by their actions of standing them up. That young man should not have stood that close to that Native American. It's called personal space. Unless you know someone, you shouldn't be that close. And then I sent her the uh, news story that actually explained the whole thing regarding Nathan Phillips, who was the Native American, and he was beating the drum. I also uh, sent 25 of Trump's accomplishments to her, and I also sent the complete uh, video. It's over an hour of what happened. Afterwards, this was her response. She said, whoa, absolutely shocking the difference that media broadcasted and the actual truth. My prayers go out to the family of those students. Very scary situation for that community and for that young man and his family. Karen, this was a lesson to me. You know, we get exasperated, and I was, I was getting really frustrated, and I realized I needed to not respond immediately to that text and I needed to take the time and go to the research and then ask my friend to take a look at that. And I think that that's how we're going to change the narrative here in, in America. Right. And we have a tendency to think there's only one side to the story. And sometimes we don't know where that other person's coming from. What I found interesting with the reporting on the Covington um, kid situation was the initial report I heard was that the teacher had moved them away from another uh, group of um, protesters who were taunting those kids and was trying to get him into get them into a safe environment and they moved from one you know kind of uncomfortable situation to another and um, you talk about personal space um, I took forty three sixth graders to Boston once and they didn't <laughs> understand personal space at all and I 
ended up learning from the teachers that that's pretty common in teenage yeah. environments. <laughs> but, but it was really the Native American that walked into his space. And with your experience with taking kids to Boston, I, I found that this young man being able to just stand there and not be confrontational, and I, I really took great um, comfort in, in that this is, this is the youth that we have. And apparently there were over 350,000 people at this March for Life. And uh, I just, uh, it, it, gives, it makes my heart warm to think about him. And I'm glad that the truth is coming out on this. Yeah, it's nice to see, you know, and, and the fact that those of us who want to know the truth keep asking some questions. Right. And so I think our job is, is as we are interacting with our friends and family and colleagues out there, we need to make sure that we are, um, you know, searching for truth and sharing truth with others as well. Uh, so um, let's see, a couple of things. I think is Jason on the phone here, Steve? Okay. Hey, Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Good morning, Kim. Well, it's good to talk to you. It's, uh, it's a little uh, snowy out there right now, but uh, yeah. it may... Uh, you know. Maybe it's cold outside. <laughs> that, that it is. That's so politically incorrect, you know. know. That, was, that was last month's discussion. That wasn't an accident. <laughs> so what are we seeing in the markets, Jason? Well, you know, we haven't kind of talked about them too much since they started going back up, but it sure seems like we were talking about them a lot when they were going down. Uh, So, you know, I started thinking I'm kind of guilty of the same thing the media was doing that I was hollering about. So, uh, but no, things have been uh, somewhat better after we, we bottomed out in December on the 24th. We've had a pretty good bounce. Uh, about seven days into that, we got a confirmation with a strong follow-through day, and uh, most of the days have been up since then, Kim. Uh, some folks will say the 50-day moving average means something. I'm not quite so sure it does. However, uh, we did kind of pull back to that last week. Uh, the market's held there as a support, and now they're trying to uh, break above it, although I don't think it's going to happen today. It looks like the futures are weak. Uh, Caterpillar's earnings came out lower than expected. Uh, they're a big component of the Dow, so we're probably going to have some struggles today, at least on the Dow. Okay, but certainly, um, you, I mean, is are you recommending that people sit on the sideline or get in, or what do you think? Um, you know, the, the big word recommend when I don't know every but one of your listeners, I mean, overall, I'm not 100% convinced we're out of the woods, um, although I think the shutdown ending may help. Uh, a couple weeks from now, we may have troubles again. So, um, I mean, I think a, a little bit of caution is in order. Uh, you, you know, if you didn't sell out quickly, when the market started going down, you're kind of in no man's land right now. So, yeah, I really think it depends on each uh, individual person and, you know, what kind of uh, risk they think they can take at this point. Okay. Well, you know, if people want to have an, another set of eyes on their nest egg, you'd be a good guy to chat with, uh, Jason McBride over at Presidential Wealth Management. Well, I, I'm glad you think so, Kim. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to... Uh, like you say, give another set of eyes, take another look for folks out there. 
Uh, of course, no pressure, no obligation, but uh, sure, yeah, we'd love to meet folks that are listeners to the show and uh, see if we have a chance to, to earn your business. Okay, well, be sure and check out chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com. That's our own landing page over there with you, Jason McBride, at Presidential Wealth Management. So thanks for the good, uh, good uh, comments on that, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. You betcha. Bye-bye. Okay, great. Now, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we're talking with Karen Levine and David Barber and Elizabeth Peets, uh, all uh, regarding this hot Denver real estate market and some solutions, particularly for people that may be first-time buyers. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Uh, we are the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter, and check out our website, americhicks.com. Sign up for our emails, and if you have comments, I, I, I really appreciate it. Email me, kim at americhicks.com. Let me know what you like, if there's something you don't like, if there's a subject you want us to talk about. Uh, be sure and let me know. I greatly appreciate that. Tonight is our first Vino and Veritas with Dr. Tom Cranawitter, our sponsor uh, for this evening's event is Harmony Ridge Construction, so be sure and check them out. Uh, we are sold out for tonight, uh, but if you would like to sign up for February, and I really recommend to sign up for the rest of the year, we'll be meeting the fourth Monday of each month over at Water's Edge Winery. Jen Hewlin over there has created a great menu, and of course they make wine there, so it's going to be it's going to be in the spirit of the founders. There's going to be thinking about big ideas and some good food and drink. And Karen, you're going to be there. Karen Levine? Yes, I will be there. Okay. We're looking forward to it. I'm even dragging Barry there. So I think... Well, no, I'm not dragging him. He thought it sounded interesting. Well, that's, that's good. <laughs> glad to hear it. And David Barber uh, with, uh, let's see, Remax Unlimited. Is Unlimited. That right? We're right down the street. Okay, it's great to have you in studio as well. Thank you. We'll be talking about this hot Denver real estate market. And I think Elizabeth Peace with Colorado... Association of Realtors will join us online here in just a moment. But, Karen, why don't you set this up for us? Where are we at? Uh, they talk about Denver real estate, hot, hot, hot. What What are you seeing? Well, it was interesting. You know, the fourth quarter, um, they the media was really um, stressing that we were moving from a seller's market to a buyer's market. Okay. Um, and that was because homes were staying on the market um, longer than, oh, four to five days. They were staying on the market 
10 to 12 days. Um, But really, the reality of the marketplace as we look at the year-end statistics, um, 2018 was a fabulous year in the state of Colorado. Um, We still struggle with not having enough inventory in our marketplace and having high demand. And if we go back to Economics 101, it says if you have strong demand and not enough supply, the price is going to go up. So that's oh, what. So that's how that works. Yeah. Huh? So that's kind of what's <laughs> been going on here. Um, but what I found interesting is looking at some statewide statistics. If we compare 2017 to 2018, um, we saw a bit of a dip in total sales, about four percent. But if we look at the metro market we saw a dip of 0.1%. So very little change in our marketplace. I would attribute a lot of that to affordability, which we'll get into that discussion here shortly. Um, We have a lot of buyers in the marketplace that are looking for properties under a half a million dollars, and that's where our shortage is. Um, So that's creating less sales. If you don't have the inventory to sell, the number of sales are going to drop. The other thing we saw is new listings coming on the market, um, we're up just a little bit, um, 1.3% statewide. And for single family homes in the metro area, we were actually up 6%, which that's where they're staying on the market a little bit longer. Um, we continue to see strong appreciation throughout the year. Um, from a state perspective, um, medium sales prices were up point, um, 7.7%. And in the metro Denver market, um, the medium sales price um, for single-family homes were up 6.3%. So the thing to remember is houses may be staying on the market a tad longer. Um, but again, I look at the single-family market in the Metro Denver area, and days on market did not change from the year prior. Mm-hmm. So pretty much the average has been 30 days on the market, but those hot price ranges, they're selling much, much quicker I don't know what David's feeling, but January seems to have taken off quite nicely, and there's a lot of activity. Okay, okay. Well, you know, one of the things, homeownership is a way for people to create wealth. They create homes, families, and the fact that, you know, supply and demand, We I think we'd like to increase supply, and I submit to you that there's a lot of government regulations and things that make homes more expensive and limit uh, building, but... David Barber with Remax Unlimited, you were one of the guys that worked with some other colleagues uh, to try to come up with a program to help these first-time homebuyers. And so tell us about that. Well, Kim, in uh, 2015, we were looking at questions about whether FHA was going to remain viable, whether Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac were still going to be entities to provide lower down payments on homes. At the same time, we were looking at a college-age or college-educated person uh, under 36 needing about five years with no student debt in order to come up with a down payment. In the Denver metro area, because of our dynamic market, we're actually closer to 15 years to hit a 20% down payment. So in 2015, the chairman of the board of the Colorado Association of Realtors convened an advisory group. Um, That consisted of Michelle Martinez from Montrose, Roy Lopez with the Kentwood Company here, uh, Jim Watkins from the Wells Group in Durango, Randy Nicholas uh, with Remax Unlimited, Gerald Schleiger with First Bank, and Matt Wilson with Wells Fargo. And this group created a program 
for first-time buyers to have a savings account that was earmarked specifically for the purchase of a new home. We did get the bill passed in the legislature in 2016, and Governor Hickenlooper signed it into law uh, at the end of 2016. Effectively, what it does is it allows a first-time buyer or allows a parent to say name a beneficiary, one of their children, grandchildren, uh, that type of thing, to target this account specifically for down payment. And the they can contribute $14,000 a year, 28000 if they're filing jointly. There's a lifetime cap of 50000 in contributions, but the account can grow to 150000 with no tax consequence at the state level. So it functions very much like a 528 plan or 529 plan for college savings. And the, the whole idea is give them a leg up on being able to provide for the purchase of a home. The eligible expenses on that program are anything that's on the settlement sheet. So it can be the appraisal. It can be a down payment. It can be closing costs. Anything that's disclosed on the settlement sheet is an eligible expense under the account. Okay. Now, David, this sounds very creative. How does this work from a federal tax standpoint? Well, at this point, it's strictly on the state level. There was legislation that was brought to the House of Representatives two years ago and last year by Congressman Kaufman to take this program and expand it to a federal uh, level. At last check, it was still stuck in appropriations. Okay, well, this is very creative. Have you seen a lot of people use this yet? We are just starting to really see some rollout. It it was nice that in last year's tax forms, the um, documentation for taking the deduction was in last year's tax packet for the Colorado. Okay. Now, Karen, uh, David had mentioned about, I mean, this is pretty daunting for people to get out of college, and many of them have student debt. And he said that ideally, in order to... I I think this is what you said. To have a lower down payment, they need to have five years with no student debt. Is that right? Well, it it will take them five years to accumulate the 20% if they have no student debt. Okay. Okay. Karen, are there programs out there where there are lower down payments? Well, um, as David mentioned, um, an FHA loan um, allows a home buyer to purchase a home with as little as 3.5% down. We're also seeing in the marketplace with Fannie and Freddie that some of our lenders are going with a 3% down conventional loan. The other opportunity out there here in the state of Colorado um, is, um, and David's going to have to help me because my brain just went dead. Um, It's the word with a C. Chaffa. Chaffa, thank you. (laughs) Um, The Chaffa loan, um, which gives you... um, a down payment assistance. The problem is in our current marketplace, sellers have been very resistant to accepting Chaffa financing because of the length of time it takes and a little bit layer of perceived risk, whereas in a, a pre-approved conventional buyer is looked on more favorably. An FHA buyer may be slightly less favorable and a Chaffa buyer even less favorable. So what's been difficult is the marketplace has taken some of that 
opportunity for a first-time home buyer to get in with less money um, away from them because in the market they're saying, oh, less down payment sure. means maybe less commitment, which in many cases, cases is not true. Okay. So what are you seeing, David, uh, regarding, are you, uh, you know, helping these young home buyers? You mentioned this program. Are are we starting to see a situation where kids can start to get into homes or? Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Uh, the the challenge is where the pricing is mm-hmm. for the, for the first time buyers. Uh, I'm working with a couple of people right now that are in that 250 to $60,000 range which is a pretty good step for a first-time buyer. Yeah. And it's challenging to find them product that is functional for their use. Right, because uh, what what would you say is really kind of the medium price for, uh, you know, somebody trying to get into a first-time home? If they're looking at detached, 270 to 300. Uh, detached meaning... De- single freestanding single-family okay, home. Okay. If they're looking at a condo or townhome... Uh, little bit less. Okay. And Karen, we've really seen the con, uh, condominium market has has really dried up because of the construction defects leg, um, mm-hmm. li- litigation or whatever it is. Do you think we're going to see any remedy for that this particular legislative session? or what? Well, that would be a question for Liz, if Liz is on the line. But um, it, it's a difficult situation. We improved that legislation some last year, we being the Colorado Association of Realtors and our um, uh, government affairs efforts. Um, but what's difficult, and I think you made the comment earlier in the show is, um, and David probably, because he's a numbers guy, remembers this, but we were um, at the National Association of Realtors Expo and Convention um, in Boston in November and um, I want to say it's somewhere between 20 and 28% of the cost of new construction is regulation. Exactly. What? Yes. Regulation. Well, that's, that's pricing young people out of the market. Exactly. Absolutely. And that's when you look at wanting non-governmental or free market solutions. Um, if we could get um, some of these fees and, and costs and land acquisition um, the things that get the land ready to put units on, those costs down as well as some of the permitting issues, um, that would help affordability. Okay. So, you know, affordable housing, I think that that's almost become a quote-unquote industry. And so what you're saying is we could reduce the costs of housing by 28%, which would allow a lot more people to buy homes if we just got rid of uh, these rules and regulations. Yeah. get rid of some regulation and um, it would make affordability nationwide more affordable. The other thing we see here in Colorado is because of construction defects legislation, the risk of building is too great to the developer. And so many of you have commented um, with regards to the number of apartment buildings going up. Um, Apartment buildings right now in today's market nationwide are profitable to the developer, um, but not good for creating households, stability in our nation, and giving a foothold, as you say, to developing a home and wealth for our young people. That's a great point. We're going to go to break. This is a great conversation here with uh, Karen Levine and David Barber, uh, with both real estate uh, professionals with Remax. Before we go to break, though, wanted to give a shout out to Chris Cantwell. It is 2019, and what do you want to do with your future? 
you've worked hard. Maybe the kids don't want to continue the business, so you may want to sell. Or maybe you have recently retired from that corporate job and you want to create cash flow for the future, then it's time to buy a business. Chris Cantwell is a business broker with Transworld Business Advisors. I think Chris helps buy and sell opportunity. He's an advocate for entrepreneurship, the voluntary exchange of value between individuals, and the rights of business owners to thrive and flourish. Chris Cantwell knows that small businesses drive the economic engine of America, so reach out to Chris Cantwell for a complimentary consultation to find out how Chris can help you sell your business or buy your next opportunity. Uh, Chris's website is cccellscompanies.com. That's cccellscompanies.com. And let Chris know that you know the AmeriChicks. We're going to go to break. When we come back, uh, we've been chatting with Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance and David Barber with REMAX Unlimited about really affordability for young people getting into the market. And David, this is such a great creative program that you've come up with. But there are some things, Karen, that are happening here in Denver that really may affect property values, I think. And one of these is this, what is it, the right to, right to survive. Right to survive. So we're going to talk about that and what that, how that might affect home values right here in Denver. So this is the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We'll be right back. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. Predovich & Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich & Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich & Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. This is a house that Jack built, y'all. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website, AmeriChicks.com. And we are AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Tonight is our great Vino and Veritas, our very first event. It is sold out. However, if you want to study the Federalist Papers, go to my website. There's a link there. That is AmeriChicks.com where you can uh, sign up for the next Vino and Veritas. And Karen Levine, I'm excited you and Barry are going to be there tonight. We're looking forward to it. It should I, be awesome. I'm a little scared. It requires reading. <laughs> <laughs> there will but no homework for tonight. No homework. I was You're, excited. No yeah, homework. No tonight. homework for uh, no homework for tonight. So <laughs> and uh, pleased to have I think Elizabeth Peets will be with us in just a minute as well. So Karen there is something that uh, we were talking about at our, at our last Wine and Tapas event uh, regarding the right to survive, which is some, like an ordinance or something here in Denver. What's going on? Yeah, it's city and county of Denver. Um, uh, the city council is putting forth a bill um, or whatever you call it, ordinance, uh, ordinance, ordinance yeah. called right to survive, which um, this particular um, uh, product or whatever you want to refer to it as would allow um, our homeless population in the city and county of Denver um, to utilize any and all public spaces for their use. So what um, does that mean exactly? Well, you know, it sounds when you hear it, you're like, oh, well, they should be able to hang out in parks and they should be able, you know, to hang out on the 16th Street Mall as they currently do, those type of things. But it also means that if Which you... Which I'm not sure I like that. Right. <laughs> they... Uh, 
It also means that if you have a, a home in Denver, um, they can take up residency on your sidewalk. Um, they can come and hang out there. They can live there. They can utilize that space. Um, the concern that the realtor... Can associ- they loiter? In, well, oh, yeah. I guess they can. They can. <laughs> and the concern that the Colorado Association of Realtors has is, um, one, that is going to affect people's property values in the city and county of Denver, especially if people start taking up camp space. They create camps on their sidewalks in front of your home. Um, other buyers are not going to necessarily want to live in that environment. And then our concern is is that um, that would spread into our suburbs. Um, so it's something that um, is very, very concerning for um, the Realtor Association as well as it should be for homeowners um, in the city and county of Denver. I think what else people need to understand is um, we care about the homeless population. Um, We, the realtor populace, we care about homelessness. Um, But when you make it more convenient to be homeless, you give them more opportunity. Um, That creates an environment that makes homelessness more favorable. And I don't think that that's what we want to see. We want to get people out of homelessness, right? Right. (laughs) And, and and David Barber, that does not mean um, putting a tent in front of somebody's house on the sidewalk. I mean, conceivably, that sounds to me like that's something that could happen, David Barber. Absolutely. If you uh, look at different areas around town, some of the public spaces, you see those uh, little tent cities that have popped up. And it certainly doesn't benefit property values if it's out in front of your home. You know... Denver has been boasting of, you know, a hot economy, a hot real estate market. The, however, though, bad policies, it takes a while for us to see the consequences of, of bad policies. And, uh, I mean, I believe every individual is treasured and precious and valued. Um, but I think that homelessness has become a in a way, almost an industry. When I look at all of the different nonprofits and government programs that we have that are um, supposedly helping homelessness, and in essence, what happens is we are getting more homeless people. And uh, instead, I think we want to make people, or or make make people, I'm I'm a free market girl, you can't make people, but encourage people to, um, to work and have the dignity of work. And and so the idea that people could, you know, pitch a tent out in front of somebody else's house, that just doesn't seem right to me. Well, we need to create uh, programs and methods to help them succeed. For sure. And uh, go after that American idea. So now we're going to switch gears just a little bit because um, Elizabeth Peets has, <laughs> you found us. I did. It's great to so have so you here. Better. We're going to put that just a little, oops, a little bit closer to you. And Elizabeth, we've been talking about... Um, the Denver real estate market. And you are with the Colorado Association of Realtors. And you had some statistics that you had wanted to share with us uh, regarding what's been going on in the Colorado market. So uh, thank you for being here. It's great to have you. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, my two practitioners here probably have a better handle on the stats. But I think one of the things that we're really looking forward to are some employer solutions. We just released an affordable housing uh, study on all 50 states to try to find out what innovation is happening around the country. And we're pretty excited that there's going to be some new legislation. It hasn't been introduced yet, 
but okay. it will be coming this session. We're going to expand the first time home buyer savings account program passed in 2016 and allow employers to match employee contributions in that new legislation. So this is uh, this kind of augments, David, what you you said was passed in 2016. And so, uh, Elizabeth, there's going to be legislation where the employer could actually contribute to this as well, huh? Yeah, the 2016 legislation was set up just for individuals. This 2019 version will change it to a pre-tax system, more like a 401k contribution, but then give employers the ability to match their employee contributions. So both sides, the employer and the employee, paying in to get you those down payment savings much faster. Well, that's pretty darn exciting. So we are, we're getting close to out of time here. So David Barber... Uh, realtor with uh, Remax Unlimited, what would be the final thought that you would like to leave with our listeners and how can people reach you? Uh, well, the first time homebuyer savings account, we were the third state in the country to have such a program. Um, <clears throat> and we're now seeing other states trying to adopt similar similar programs to join us. And if someone would like to reach me, my office number, 303 Six seven one three zero three seven, or David Barber at Remax net. Okay, and that number one more time. Three zero three six seven one three zero three seven. Okay, great, David Barber. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And Elizabeth Peets, I know that uh, with this snowy day, you had a bit of a white knuckle uh, <laughs> situation to try to get here. So thank you so much for being in studio. What is uh, kind of the final thought that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, well, that new legislation that I just mentioned that we'll be carrying as the Colorado Association of Realtors is actually a first-in-the-nation approach. Um, this is a really cool thing that Colorado is being innovative, so we're excited about that. Do you know who's going to be carrying the bills yet? Or um, It will most likely be the um, chairs of both the Senate and House Business Committees. Okay. Well, very good. And if people want more information, I'd gone to the Colorado Association of Realtors, and I thought there was some some uh, info there, but is that the best spot? Yeah, that's the best place, or you can reach out to me. Uh, my uh, office is um, right by the Capitol, so that number is 303-785-7121. But otherwise, the Colorado Association of Realtors is the great place to reach out. Okay, Elizabeth. And Pete, thank you so much for being here. And Karen Levine, you are such a, a wonderful partner thank of uh, the AmeriChicks and really greatly appreciate that over all these years and uh, highly recommend you. What's your final thought? Well, my final thought would be what's exciting about this legislation is that in a competitive employment market that we're seeing where unemployment is at historic lows, um, it gives an employer just a little bit of an edge um, of getting that exceptional employee in and creating a better future for the employee as well. So I'm excited about what we're doing at the Colorado Association of Realtors, and I'm excited about what's going on in the uh, Metro Denver marketplace. And you are a realtor with REMAX Alliance. I am. And what's the best way for people to reach you? The best way to reach me would be my numbers, 303 877 7516 or head over to Karen Levine, Karen-Levine.com. Okay, and that number is 303-877-7516. I, I've had that memorized. <laughs> I mean, we've been friends for, I'm not even going to tell people. Just a few years. Yeah, just a few years, that's for sure. Now, Karen and David and Elizabeth, in honor of the fact that you guys, David and uh, Karen, you're realtors, I found this, this is actually, I think, kind of a, 
antique quote, if you will. And it's called What is a Home by Ernestine Schumann Heink. And I think that you're going to enjoy this as well, Elizabeth. It says, What is a home? It's a roof to keep out the rain, four walls to keep out the wind, floors to keep out the cold. Yes, but a home is more than that. It is the laugh of a baby, the song of a mother, the strength of a father. Warmth of loving hearts, light from happy eyes, kindness, loyalty, and comradeship. Home is the first school and the first church for young ones where they learn what is right, what is good, and what is kind. Where they go for comfort when they are hurt or sick. Where joy is shared and sorrow is eased. Where fathers and mothers are respected and loved. Where children are wanted. Where the simplest food is good enough for kings because it is earned. Where money is not so important as loving kindness. Where even the tea kettle sings from happiness. This is a home. God bless it. So, uh, Positive Thought 2019. Read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs>